0: You have your Bible for a moment. Just go back with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 51. Let me read again a few verses of David writing of his own experience. What a blessing these words have been to me through my life. In times of trouble in my life, I have been able to go here and find strength and help. He began simply by saying, Have mercy upon me, O God, and according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my, my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speaketh and be cleared when you judge. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desireth truth in the inward parts. I wish you would underline that. I think that one verse can do all of us much more good than we allow it because it reminds us where things begin and end. Amen. Behold, thou desireth truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. And I pray that would happen tonight. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sin and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. I have many other verses that we could go to tonight. Hebrews chapter 12, one of my favorite passages in the New Testament uh, the writer encouraging those who have just followed up, reading the the, the faith chapter, chapter eleven. He said, "Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, every weight, and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race." that is set before us. I do believe that there is a difference that the writer delineates in this verse, that there are some things that are not necessarily sinful, but they will be a hindrance to my life and your life. They will not help us get where we want to go. And so last week, I tried, I don't know how good a job I did, but I tried to begin a little series that I feel like is important for this time of year. Study about the cleansing, the spiritual detoxing of the soul, getting down into the real nitty gritty of where our spiritual life exists. Every day that we live, there are things that seep into our lives that are poisonous to our soul. We come in contact with them. Uh, we absorb, according to most uh, scholars uh, in the field of toxins, they claim that we absorb a certain amount of toxins every day as just a normal part of living. Fortunately, God made us in a way that we have means to Get that out of our system. And if, if, that's, uh, if we are overtoxed, if that's a proper way of saying it, then you can go through a real brutal ritual of detoxification. And you can go through the body cleansing that a lot of people do. But I'm not talking about the physical body tonight, I want to talk about the spiritual man because there are subtle influences that are going on in our culture that disturb me and they trouble me and the older i get maybe the more i become conscious of their influence on our lives but they creep in they don't run in they creep in they 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 come in unnoticed and unheeded and They attach themselves, attitudes, ideas, thoughts, uh, philosophies that somehow contradict what we have been taught. And all that it takes to convert someone to a, a vicious way of living, according to Hitler, was you just keep telling them the lie, and eventually they'll believe the lie. And so we've seen it over and over in life that there are things that come in gradually. And so I'm not concerned about the things that just come and slam us against the wall. I am concerned about things that just somehow show up and I didn't even realize they were there. Pollutants that affect my spiritual vitality. My carnal nature is fed on these things and so it asserts itself. You know what I've discovered in living for God and I think you probably have observed this as well is that no one backslides suddenly. No one backslides suddenly. It is a gradual process. It is so slow and so subtle that people do not realize no one suddenly grows spiritually cold. But it is increment by increment that the temperature of the soul begins to be turned more and more away from the warmth of God's presence. It never happens overnight, but it just seeps in. It just creeps in and slowly makes its way. And just as in a wise and uh, helpful way that we are conscious of our natural bodies to maintain our health. We should be conscious of the influences that are going on around us and in us that affect our spiritual man. And so we need the purging and we need the cleansing and we need things that harm our lives and our families and our relationships and our future. We need to rid ourselves of those things. And I I was convicted today while I was here praying I you know what I I preach so often that it's easy for you to preach something and then not live it yourself and I the Lord convicted me while I was praying that if you're going to preach this to these people then you better do this yourself or you're the biggest hypocrite in the world and so I'm not preaching to just you I'm talking to myself tonight, that there are things poisons uh, that somehow find their way just by contact and living in life. There are unhealthy things, attitudes and behaviors and reactions and all of that that have a reason, they have a source, there's a, there's a root cause of it. And so it's important that we take time to look at ourselves. And the more that I've dug into this subject, the more overwhelmed I have been by the depth of it. And I don't want to go all year long on detoxing the soul. But I realize that there's so many things that we need to be conscious of. My goal tonight is to help all of us become more like him. Amen. More like him closer to him more uh, spiritual in our endeavors and that the spirit would become the primary focus of our life and I want to be able to identify and cleanse myself from things that could contribute to my spiritual sickness uh, or my weakness or my uh, ineffectiveness in living for God. There's a reason for all of that, or maybe there is some kind of hidden pain that that uh, is in my life because I have not been willing to cleanse myself of things that have attached themselves to me. Remember the polluted well that I talked about last week. Unknown to us in our family, our lives were being compromised every day that we drank from that well. But our ignorance of that did not change the fact of what it was doing to us. Now, there is a mantra in life that many people try to live by that what you don't know won't hurt you. That's a lie. Just like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie too. And what I don't know will hurt me. And that's what the whole crux of the matter is with all of us. Is that there is a source for our toxic issues, our attitudes, our you know, behaviors or words that keep surfacing in our life or comments that keep surfacing or, or, or reactions to things. There is a source. And and when when my father and the powers that be began their search, it was when and only when they began their search that they found what the problem was. Then they can remedy the problem. But up until that point, they were only treating symptoms because they didn't know what the root source was. And finally, in desperation, the doctor began to go down a list of things, asking my parents, well, what about this and what about that and trying to eliminate, what does he do? I'm trying to find the source because until we find the source of where that's coming from, there's nothing we can do to change it. And so tonight, I want to go to the source of some things, toxic things. I want us to look at that, and we're going to do that over the next few weeks. We're going to look at a few more, and I'm probably not going to get very far into this tonight, but we'll go as far as we can. But here's what you need to write down in your mind and in your heart, that you cannot change what you do not identify. You cannot change what you do not see. You cannot change what you will not recognize. And there are a lot of good people, myself included, that sometimes live along a river called Denial. Or oh, we can identify it in the person sitting next to us or our spouse or our kids or our boss or whoever else we might want to look at. But when it comes to looking here at this guy, it's an altogether different story. I am a wonderful master of subterfuge. My flesh is. I am a wonderful master at dodging the bullet you know the finger is pointing but i he's not pointing at me it's it's that guy behind me and the reality is that's where real change begins for everybody that's where real improvement until you identify the source of the problem you don't know what to do to change to improve your situation You can do a lot of good things and not change the thing that needs to be changed. And so we still are back at point zero. We still haven't made any... We're not any better than we were. I know people, and and you probably know them as well, is that they will do everything but forgive. I mean, they'll bend over backwards and touch their toes they'll let you pull their fingernails out they'll do anything else but that one thing and they think if I do enough of this it will compensate for that and the fact is that is what's poisoning the well so you can do all of this you can shout you can run you can sing you can dance you can put on your little show but until you deal with the problem the 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 seeping issue you're not going anywhere you're not and that's why a lot of people in 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 spiritual life go through the same cycles and they go through the same thing oh it's like a roller coaster the, the spiritual life, according to Scripture, should be from one glory to another glory. It should be like an incline. But too many people's life is like this because of the fact that we all are made of a nature that does not like to admit when we're wrong. Man, it's quiet in here tonight. Whoo! <laughs> Smile a while. And give your face a rest. Amen. So if you're going to do anything that's beneficial, you've got to get to the root of the problem. And I'm going to talk about me tonight. I'm not going to talk about you. I'm going to talk about me. But I'm telling you that as a man, not as a preacher, but as a man, when I go to pray, Many times it's a lot easier to pray about all of the blessings and all of the mercies and all of the goodness and all the grace and never get around to the one thing that I really need to talk to God about, about myself. And then I leave there and I spend an hour in prayer, but I really hadn't gone any further in prayer than when I started. Because there's something still seeping in. And that's why you can pray through on Sunday night and be backslid on Wednesday. Because we do a lot of stuff and it might be good. We might be perfections at that. We might do it across every... T and dot every I. But the one thing that keeps causing problems, we're not willing to go look ourselves in the face and say, you know what, there's where it's at, that's the root, that's where the problem. And once you identify it, then you can begin the process of trying to fix it and make things right. So pray, God, show me, show me if there's anything in me that is unclean. Show me anything, because you cannot fix what you will not confront. Amen. So if we're going to detox, where are the toxins coming from in my personal life? And we all have them. So don't sit there like adjusting your halo tonight and your wings like I'm not talking to you. We all have our toxic issues that we deal with. We all have certain things that continually badger and harass our life. And they are there trying to make a way in. And if we are going to get that out of our system, we have got to identify where it's coming from. And we have to know the source of it. And we cannot live in denial about them or where they come from what we struggle with all has a source it has a root cause how unhealthy some environments are simply because people refuse to acknowledge that they're unclean amen without realizing the impact on my faith we go right on as if nothing was the matter we no, we don't feel right. We know that something is not where it ought to be. We know that there's something that, that we're embracing that may not be altogether good, but we consume it anyway. Amen. Toxic things live with habits that we could break if we would just take some time and focus on that. But we want to remain oblivious to them as long as we can and act like he's talking about her, not me. She's the one with the problem or he's the one that has the issue. And so here's what happens because so many people live in some sort of denial about many things in life. We consign ourselves and we resign ourselves. To a certain struggle in an area of our life it may not be anything anybody else knows about but there's an area of our life that we struggle with whether it's anger or lust or discontentment we pass them off as if they're just some little personal quirk well that's just me I'm just hyper I'm just that way and we pass it off as just the way we are when in reality it's the source Of what's contaminating the rest of our life. It's what's polluting my soul and my spirit. And so I would think that it would be wise for all of us to take a look. Our spiritual enemy laughs. He laughs as cancer feeds on my soul. Because I am unwilling to acknowledge that. You know what I might have a problem with my attitude. I might have a problem with my tongue. I might have a problem with my behavior. I, I might have a problem with my religion. I might have a problem with what I let in my home. I may have a problem with what I consume or allow my mind to be consumed by. Amen. We're going to go places tonight. <laughs> Amen. So if you're tired of these things discoloring your water, And the well of your life. Let's go on a journey. Amen. To realize the toll those things take on our spiritual life. Is really what I'm trying to get to. And somehow find a way of cleansing and purging our minds and our hearts. So that we can have our faith renewed. And our spirit revived. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. Though you will not find the word detox in the scripture. The thought is clearly there in many different passages. Words like cleanse. Get your thesaurus out, your your biblical, uh, whatever that's called, and look it up. You just type that word in, cleanse, and see how many times that word surfaces in Scripture. The word purge is found often in Scripture. The word wash is is found often in Scripture. And all of those have the same idea. Whatever you want to call it, it, it's the same thing and we all need it. We need a cleansing. We need that washing. I have tried to make it a practice of prayer that every time I come to the Lord in prayer that I spend a certain amount of time asking Him to cleanse me. You say, Brother you. Did you do anything wrong today? Not that I know of, but there's just a lot about life that I've learned just seeps in and I don't even know it's there until it comes out. And then I'm wondering, where did that come from? And it's because of something that I let come in and I didn't check it. I didn't put up the roadblocks and I didn't say no. And I believe that all of us, everybody say all of us, all of us, have some area of our life that we struggle with. Whether we want to admit it or not, all of us have some area that we struggle. And admitting that is part of the victory. Amen. But you'd be surprised, pastoring as long as I have, how many people still have a hard time admitting that they have a weakness. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor if it's not your spouse And tell them you have a weakness. They already know. Your spouse already knows. So just don't tell them. Just tell somebody else. Here's what I've learned. There are far too many people who look the part outwardly. But inwardly, they are anything but what they represent outwardly. I have seen some people that as far as holiness and godliness goes you would think that they were the epitome of what God meant when he used the word holy but if you get around them very long they are meaner and nastier and more vicious and more judgmental than anybody You could think of, you think the news media is rough on Trump. Oh, but they look all, and so, so much of our spiritual life is spent looking around at people and saying, Oh, they're not doing too good. I wonder, and we pass judgments on people, and we say, we lift somebody else up and make them to be something. When, if you look behind the curtain. There's something seeping in there that is so nasty and vile that until they cleanse that, it doesn't matter how you paint up the outside, the inside is still the same. And what I want the Holy Ghost to do in the next few weeks and already is I want God to speak to me about the areas of my life that I need to clean up. And you say, I don't think I have any. Oh, you just hang around a little bit. I believe I'm going to point out some that we're all going to have. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Cleanse me, Lord. But here's the number one culprit to everything we're pursuing right now. The number one culprit to a spiritual cleansing in my life. And that is self-deception. Self-deception. We call it, what I've said before, denial blind spots, whatever you want to call it. It is nothing more and nothing less than self-deception. I want to read to you from an obscure passage in the Old Testament, the book of Obadiah, only one chapter. But in Obadiah chapter 1 and verse number 3, the word of the Lord says that the pride of thine heart hath deceived thee that thou dwellest in the cliffs of the rock. Whose habitation is high. That saith in his heart. Who shall bring me down to the ground? The pride of thine heart. That nasty word shows up. And it's hard it's hard. It's not like wearing a blue suit or a pink dress. It's in the heart. And it becomes disguised in many ways. But pride is at the root of what makes us think that we are better than we are sometimes. Or refuses to allow us to see ourselves as we are. And so we deceive ourselves. We say, you're not that way. That's just your genes. You just inherited that from your parents. That's not your fault. I sound like my brother now. <clears throat> Amen. But it happens inside. So nobody knows what's going on. And there's a, there's a whole world of things that transpire hidden But we deceive ourselves from because of our own pride. And all of us have it. We all have a little bit of pride. That's not all bad, but pride has a side of it that if you don't keep it in check, there's some things you ought to be proud of. But there's a direction that pride takes you that will cause you to be blind to who you are and what you are. Listen to what Jeremiah said in 17 and 9. He said, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's why when people say, if I know my heart, oh, I wish you did. I wish we all did. But the truth is, even if you knew your heart, your heart is desperately wicked. Amen. That's why we need him to search us. We need him to turn his light on us. I want to read James, the the, the writing of James, and I've got a lot of scriptures that I need you to go with me to for just a few moments tonight. James chapter 1 and verse number 22. He said, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves." What do you mean? I mean that you can come and you can hear, but you don't do it. And the Bible said we become deceivers of ourselves. James chapter one verse twenty-six. He said, "I want this." This is one of those scriptures that when you're reading, you read it, just reach up and slaps you in the face and said, "Are you paying attention? Are you listening to me right now?" This is what he said: If any man among you seem to be religious, and what, and what, and what? What does that mean, bridle? Brother Buddy, you got a horse, what's a bridle? (laughs) It's so you can rein that sucker in. I mean, you got to have some kind of control over it. And he said... That if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue but deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is vain. Wow. That's a double wow. I told you I was going to get where we all live. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 3. And if I was really organized, I'd have all these on a PowerPoint up there, but I'm still a dinosaur, so you're going to have to be used to that. But Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 6, he said, For if a man thinketh himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Now, why would Paul put that in the Bible to begin? I mean, why would you put a statement like that? It seems so obvious, but that's the point. The obvious always, often we miss. And so he says that y- y- you've got to be aware of, of what's going on. If any man think himself to be anything or be something, not anything, but something, if he thinks himself to be important or deserving of favors or whatever when when he is nothing he deceiveth himself and the last one is 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse number 33 and I, there's others but for the sake of time he said be not deceived evil communication corrupts good manners this is poorly Constructed statements corrupt a good life. So we're not talking about these things that are just out, you know, nebulous things that are out in space that you. I want to talk about some stuff we can put our hands on. And say, you know what? I do struggle with that. You know what? That is an area that I need I need God to help me with, and I believe God will. So uh if not checked, a strange thing begins to happen in life. When things seep into our life and they are not checked, they are soon embraced even though they are distorted. Amen. How many of you ever had cataracts? I'm, I'm getting some, but what did that do to your vision? It blurred it. But for a long time, you live with that because it just seemed normal. Then you go have the doctor work on it and fix it. And my brother said, Charles, who had cataracts and surgery just last year sometime, he said, I didn't know how bright and beautiful colors were. That over time, you get used to it. And you just think that's life, that's, that's just the way it is, dull, drab. And yet when the operation took place and he had the good set of lenses in place, now he can see life clearly. All of us look through a lens in life and sometimes that lens is shattered. Has anybody ever tried to look through a broken glass? What, what's everything on the other side look like? I mean, it looks freakish. And if we're not careful, we think that's how life is. That it's just that way. And the world has taught us that that's the way it is. That's why we have grown to accept the culture that we live in. That's why we have grown to accept the immorality and everything else that's been shoved down our throat. Because it's, we just say it's a broken world. And that's just the way the broken world looks. But the reality is if you'll fix the lens, things will look right. And so what I want God to do is help me. I I have cataracts, spiritually. Everybody in this place, we all have blind spots. And so we need God's word to shine on us from every direction. That's why every service is so critical. Because the word shines from this direction tonight. And it comes from another direction. And another service, it comes from another. And we don't know that. But God designs that so that we can be a total Man Or a total woman and that we can overcome those things that would would poison us and would cause us harm and Eventually erode the spiritual health of our life And so we need him everybody say we need him Amen, Amen. we need him. So I want to get to the first thing The first toxin that I want to talk about Is one that most of you probably don't think you have any problem with and you probably don't but I feel like as a pastor, I I need to speak this. I really wish I'd kept the young people in here tonight because I feel like they need to hear what I'm about to say as well. But turn to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and I, I want to read verse number 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 7. Paul writing to the Corinthian church says this. He said, Purge out therefore The old leaven, the word purged means to cleanse, wash out thoroughly, completely, totally. That you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. So Paul is writing to a church that had made some... Spiritual misjudgments, deep spiritual misjudgments. So much so that they were now embracing open sin in their congregation. There was incest. If you read the first part of chapter 5, you will see Paul identifying that it's wrong for a, a, a person to take his well let me read it like he said it he said it is reported commonly that there commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as is not so much as named among the gentiles that one should have his father's wife i don't know if you can read between the lines but that means that a son had married his mother and they were still coming to church and the church was celebrating like nothing was wrong so paul had to uh, he had to deal with the central toxin that all of us have to deal with and that's the word sin s i n sin, sin. And David acknowledged, we are all shapen in an, we are born in sin, so none of us, even though we 've repented and we 've been washed, none of us are free from the temptations that will lead us back in that direction there 's still something in us that can identify with that, and so Paul has to deal with it. It was unthinkable it was uh, it, it was gross, and yet that church had taken this cavalier attitude that it was no big deal. Listen to what Paul said. He said, and you, verse number 2, he said, you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. There was an attitude that gripped into that Corinthian church that was something like live and let live and well, it's not bothering me and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't affect my family and so here it is moving in and they they're they're proud. They they're, they're proud and puffed up of this vile stuff going on in their church. And Paul said, "You're something's wrong with you. Something is wrong in your spirit. Something's wrong in your thinking." You, you you have the wrong attitude toward this. We are not against the sinner, but we are against sin. Amen. They had not mourned, they had not repented. There was no godly sorrow. Do you know the word repent is very seldom used in denominal churches anymore because it is offensive? No, there, there are many preachers that will not use that word Simply because it would connotate that something is wrong And they don't want to admit that there might be something wrong So the word repent is vanishing from our culture and from our vocabulary You say well it doesn't bother me Oh you just live long enough in that culture And it may not happen to you But you will begin to accept it As Not every family in that, that church was involved in incest but families that were not involved in it began to accept it and so it was a danger to the whole body so I want to talk to you about the most serious toxin that all of us struggle with and that's sin and you say well brother you why are you talking we're the choir you don't have to talk to us oh yes I do Because in the culture in which we live that's trying to redefine what sin is, as a matter of fact, they want to eliminate the word completely. There is no such thing in the world as sin. There is no such thing as right or wrong. There are no blacks and whites. There, there's no right and wrong. It's whatever you feel like doing. You do it. If it feels good, you do it. It's your life. It's your body. It's your mind. It's your family. And so you do your thing. And because of that mindset, our culture has evolved over the last few years to this convoluted mess that we're dealing with right now and it's come to a point where even our children are having a hard time discerning what is right and what is wrong. Here's what I want you to understand tonight that what God calls sin is still sin. Even if I don't like it and even if Hollywood endorses it And does it? It doesn't make it right. Now you say, that doesn't bother us. Hey, if you have any kind of technological instrument in your possession, you and I are being influenced by that garbage every day. I noticed recently when I was going to do some research and study that when I I, I went to Yahoo, and there's many other search engines, AOL and Safari and all, but when I went to Yahoo, The majority of the information that was on there for people to explore had nothing to do with life and death or right and wrong. It was about who's wearing not who's not wearing something. And so every day we live we're being conditioned to accept that that's okay that's our culture that's what happened a lot living in that place he was vexed but he could not do anything to change his own mind and he began to absorb. he he began to accept that even though himself perhaps was according to scripture a righteous man because he lived in that culture and i'm thinking god Every day we live, it's happening. Whether we want to admit it or not, every time I open my iPad to go look at the news, there's, there's a hundred other ways that can lead me down another path. And so compromising my life for new standards of this world is not a wise thing to do. And yet it's happening. And no matter who applauds me for doing it, and it's amazing, you'd be surprised, and how many people have applauded evil before? I don't mean in the world. I mean around the church. You know how we applaud evil? When we stay connected to it. Amen. And that's why I've always preached. If you are connected to somebody on Facebook or you have friends. And, and they are pulling you more away from God than they are pushing you toward God, you need to get a new set of friends. You need to make new connections. If all they spew out is this negative garbage and, and all they talk about are things that that, that that are not building you up spiritually, you're a wise person to say, you know what, I need to find some new folks to, to fellowship with. I need to make sure the atmosphere I live in is not contributing to the toxic things that come into my life. So what God called an abomination has not been recategorized, folks. And so if you want to really startle yourself, if you want to wake yourself up, just get your Bible out and go through and read how many times the word abomination is used in Scripture and understand that that word has not been recategorized and it has not been demilitarized if that's Uh, it's still in effect God still has that view toward that particular sin the ten commandments have not been changed to become the ten alternatives or the ten suggestions and just because I don't like it doesn't change it amen let me take you on a journey for a few moments. You got your Bibles? I, I, my time's running out, but I want to talk to you about what really disturbs me. I went through and I pulled up some scriptures where where the Lord defined sin, not me, not the United Pentecostal Church, not some organization. This is God speaking, okay? through the inspiration. Of the Holy Ghost, He inspired men to write these words. But these words were His words. And so I want to take you first to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 9 through verse number 11. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible, so you'll just have to go along. I'll try to tell you when I change verses. But listen to what He said. He said, "...Do you not know that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God?" Do not be deceived or misled, neither the impure and immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor those who participate in homosexuality, nor cheats, swindlers, and thieves, nor greedy graspers, nor drunkards, nor foul-mouthed revelers, or slanderers, nor extortioners, or robbers, will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. Now that's not Mark Hughes speaking. That is God speaking. And I don't care what the culture that we live in says about those things. What God says still stands. And that's what I need to judge my life by. Not whether it's acceptable in the culture that I live in. Not whether my friends do it. But if the word of God said you better not do that. That's not good for you. Then I better not do that. I was reminded in service when we were worshiping earlier of the scripture in Thessalonians. Where Paul said that we are to abstain from all appearance of evil. Stay away from you don't have to fellowship it. Stay away from it. Let me take you to the book of Galatians. Chapter 5. Verse number 19 through 21. And I'm reading from what translation here? I'm reading from the New King James Version. He says, verse 16 of Galatians 5. He says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust or for the flesh, lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another. There's a war going on. So that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, idolatry. Let me go back to that word. The word idolatry is not speaking of some image that you have in your home. Idolatry is speaking about bowing to anything other than Jehovah or God alone. It is giving more allegiance to that than I do to God. That becomes an idol. Amen. Hatred. Oh, I didn't know that was on the list. Hatred. Contentions. <laughs> I didn't know that was on there either. Jealousies. Outburst of wrath selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries and the like of which I tell you beforehand just as I also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now again, I didn't say that that's not a denominational issue that's a God issue and what's happened in our culture because of the redefining of sin and the realigning of stuff in life all of the lines have become blurred and so now there is nothing like this to be talked about and if you do, you're a narrow-minded bigot, or you are in you're you're, a, you're living in the past, and you're 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 hard, or you're a Pharisee, or you're legalistic. And the reality is, that's just what the Word says. I don't necessarily always like it, but I need to heed it. Let me read to you from. Ne- Revelation 21, the writer goes a little further. John, writing in Revelation 21, 7 and 8, he said, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Again, I didn't say that. So my point is this. We have somehow categorized sin. So much so that we call it a little white lie. Or we have come to the point where, well, we're not drinking and we're not cheating on our wife or our, our, our husband. We're not being dishonest. But we struggle with a tongue that we can't control or a temper. Whoo! Hallelujah! Glory to God. And we find a way to get that underneath the rug. Amen. Am I not telling you the truth? And all the time we're wondering why we feel sick. Why can't I get over this? Why can't I get past this? And there's something seeping into the well that we're just not willing to acknowledge. We're not willing to admit. You know what? I do have an attitude problem. I do have a problem being honest. I I do have a problem being trustworthy I do I do have a problem letting my eyes roam and rove I, I do have a problem not controlling my flesh oh man you're making it hard on me tonight church so you, you I guess you're afraid to say amen but if that's all right you can say oh me or don't hurt me anymore I, I'm not trying to hurt you I'm just trying to tell you that there's a toxin that affects all of us and we can't redefine sin because we want to make an exception to what we do or how we live that's what's wrong with a lot of people spiritually is because we keep making these exceptions until there is no rule anymore you keep in one of the, one man that was used to be in our organization one of my dear friends for years I loved him great man great preacher had built a great church he made this statement he said Let me just tell you this, that if you keep making, if you keep pushing that fence back and making that allowable and you make room for that, he said pretty soon there won't be a fence at all. And he said, that's what's happened to my church and my family. And it doesn't even resemble a church anymore. I don't mean just, it's anything but a church. And it it began when he started pushing the fence back, trying to redefine what God said was was good and what God said was not good. Amen. There's a lot of things in life that may be okay for me to do, but it's the result of what doing that's going to produce. Do I want to have to deal with that fruit? It may not bother you. But it may bother your children or your grandchildren. It may become toxic to them because their system is not as strong. as You may be able to keep a handle on it and keep it suppressed, but their system is not as strong as yours. And so you start seeing things show up in them. And you are where would that come from? Amen. Help us, God, to cleanse the well, to find out what it is that's seeping in, And let me tell you, I'm going to close with this. I didn't mean to be this heavy, but let me close with this. The only remedy for sin is still repentance. Amen. It's still repentance. It's confession. It's admission. It's acknowledgement. And the only way that that toxin can be flushed from my life is through repentance. Lord, forgive me. Lord, cleanse me. Lord, help me to see it as you see it. Let me see sin as you see sin. Let me identify it as you identify it. The only way to change the direction of my life is through repentance. Now, I love what the word broken down means. Re, the prefix re means to turn back. And the, the, the apex pent means that which is highest. So when a person repents, they are turning back to the highest. They're turning back toward the best for their life. They're turning back toward the highest way of living when we repent. Repentance does not take us down. Repentance actually elevates. It takes us up. It brings us into the place where we need to be. And we have this promise from Him that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Amen. But He will not forgive what I do not confess. He cannot forgive what I do not confess. And so tonight... I know we're all clean and godly people and we all have the Holy Ghost in here. But I think every one of us need to take a look around our family, our home, our life and see if there's something seeping in. And and we're more tolerant of it. We're more adjusted to it you just learn to get along with it and the reality is it ought to it ought to cause shock to come in our system here's what disturbs me and troubles me about the, the place where we are we have lost our ability to blush we have lost our sense of shame when was the last time that you saw somebody run to an altar and fall down and just begin to plead for God to cleanse them and wash them and 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 help them and fix them? Amen. We need it. Because that turning to the highest is all that really matters. And I don't want I, I don't want to come this far in life's journey. And find myself beginning to allow things to seep in and make excuses for things in my life in the end that in the beginning I would not have tolerated. Amen. And I'm not saying that we do it willingly. It's just the culture that we live in. Every day it's redefining what God said about anything and everything. Every day there's an attack on what the Word says about the way we should live. And so we're, we're not even thinking about it, but unconsciously that kind of stuff begins to seep in, and, and, and it's amazing how it begins to affect our thinking. And then we become like Adam and Eve. We hide. We we. And then when the Lord begins to talk to us, we deny, or we point fingers. Who who, who me? yeah I'm talking to you Adam. Where are you I'm hiding. why are you hiding who well I, I I was naked i didn't have any who told you that well, it was my wife's fault she's you you see what happens i mean the, the these were this was the first two and there's denial has already shown up. It hadn't got any better folks I'm just here to tell you. I still struggle with that nature. It's hard to say, you know what? That was wrong. I should not have done that. I should not have said that. I should not have acted that way. And Find a place to repent. Turn back to the highest. Turn back to God's best for my life. Let's stand together. Praise God.